Fat Pratt. What's up, squad? John here. Welcome to the Fat Pratt Chat. I'll be your host today as usual. And today we're going to talk about how your success has led to ours. So what we want to highlight is that a lot of our members have had really great results here. I mean, that's literally why we do what we do, to give our members results, right? So we focused continually as a business when we started and even up till now, really, on their product, the service, and our trainers. And we've invested heavily in those things. And we have not invested very heavily in marketing and getting our message out to people who have never heard of us, which is like, quote, the right thing to do, really, when you're a business. However, um, it usually doesn't go too well for other gyms. And we've seen a lot of other gyms who focused on that, but not their product. And now they're in this revolving door where they have to continually spend more money on getting their name out because their product just isn't really good to keep people happy around and referring other people. So we'll talk about that a little bit today. But again, we want to thank all of you for being so consistent, for enjoying our product and using it and spreading the word about us because that's really what's brought us to now is you all squad who have spread the word about us, have told your friends and have convinced your family members to come in here and they've had good experiences which led to other people coming in here having good experiences and that's just kind of been our, our snowball effect. Okay, so let's get right into it today. We're going to start out with our overrated, underrated. I promise you want to hear these. I think they're our best ones yet and then we'll get into our client shout outs and we'll continue right into the show from there. So what were we just talking about? I don't know. We were mid-sentence. We were mid-sentence. Hit the record button. That's what we're going to do from now on. <laughs> All right. So we're doing our underrated, overrated, and we're doing our client shout-outs. Who do you have? Do shout-outs first. Hang on. You want me to do an overrated, oh, underrated, and a client shout-out? Yes. This is going to mess up our flow. We just got into That's the right. flow. That's all right. No, we're good. Not you, good. Yeah, Think you about go, the members. They're going to be so confused. No, you do all yours, and I'll do all mine. No, this is bad. I'm telling you. this is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut and edit this back so that it actually still flows <laughs> <laughs> the way that I think it should. Uh, shout out. I'll do my shout out first. Jana David. Got a shout out, Jana David. She nice. has been crushing it since she started. Um, I didn't do her assessment. I know she was skeptical. And she's been uh, really good. She posted a before and after. Um, maybe about two months-ish into her training. And it was clearly she had made a difference. She was in burn today. She's taken advantage of Pratt uh, personal training and burn. And she seems to be loving it. So got to give Jana a shout out. Yeah, she came in for her assessment and... Uh, she really struggled through it, and she's responded so well since because I, she came in very nervous. And then once you see somebody that is nervous that also is really fatigued during their assessment, then you know you know you have to, it, you know that they're they're not feeling incredibly encouraged to start attending the gym frequently. So very impressed with the fact that not only has she been coming in since the assessment, but she's been here all the time. And I'm trying to scroll through my text because she said something hilarious after her first couple of sessions. Oh, we've talked a lot more than I thought, Jenna. But uh, basically she said something along the lines of, I don't know what you did, but I am completely addicted to coming to the gym. And this is just three or four days in. So good for – and I think Jana qualifies as somebody who – literally didn't do any exercise before coming in here. I'll just spoiler alert, those mints that we got, they're a special order. We lace them with addictive stuff. So like it's not <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do. Trust me, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah if anybody would know. <laughs> twelve a day, you mean twelve an hour. Yeah, close to it. All right. What's your what's your overrated, underrated? I'm gonna take an overrated this this uh, week and it's something near and dear to my heart right now, sitting at my table. It's a coffee machine in your office. I wow. think it's actually overrated. 
at first I was really excited. It's like what I've wanted ever since I was a little kid was to have a coffee maker in my office. And who doesn't when they're a little kid want that? Me. But like the, the idea that you can have coffee anytime sounds amazing. But when you can have it anytime, it becomes less special. So like just today as I was making coffee, I was like, I, I don't know. Like maybe I should just not have this in the office so that it's less, you know, it's, it's harder to get and makes it more special again. I couldn't agree more. And I've really? never thought of it this way, but when we had a coffee maker in the office, I would drink coffee and not be as hyped. Mm-hmm. And I exclusively drink coffee to get hyped. And this is the classic, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Because when I take my trip over to Dunkin' Donuts across the street, <laughs> as soon as I open that door and I smell the coffee, I am hyped before I've even taken a sip of anything. And my theory is if I didn't even get coffee, I would still be equally as hyped. If I just walked in and walked out. But it is the journey that does it for me in regards to coffee. It is not the end destination of having the coffee. Where can I put this coffee maker to make this a really tough journey? On the roof? (laughs) Is there an outlet up there? So that I know when I want it, like I really want it. I have to go deal with this whole journey to get it. Yeah, that's that's essentially what you have to do. Because once it's earned, it's just that much more gratifying. I agree. So I'm going to move this out of the office. Yeah, smart. That is brilliant. Plus it's taking up space on the table. So So, yeah, I've, I've never thought of it that way, but it's so true. Wow. All right, your turn. You have client shout-out? Client shout-out. I'm going two of them because they oh, share a last on. name. Oh, breaking rules left and right. Vaganis. Oh, you have to shout-out both. Okay, Jimbo. I pass on, the, pass on the breaking the rules. Jim, <laughs> Jimbo Vagani. So to backtrack, Jim came in for personal training sessions with me about eight years ago. And he was one of the classic, like, hey, this was great. I had a good experience. Uh, however, it's just not worth the amount of dollars that I would have to spend for personal training for the amount of days of week that I would like to attend. So fast forward two years from there, and as soon as we started PPS, he was one of the first members that came back. And he's like, oh, this is a, a better price point for me, and uh, let's see what it's like. And he did a trial, and he signed up, and he's been here pretty much ever since, except for when he's not skiing because Jim is apparently one of the top skiers in the world, at I mean, least in my opinion. Well, he wrote a book. So when you write a book, when you yeah. write a book on skiing, you're automatically the best. You have to be the best. Yeah. And then Chris Vagani, his wife, she hadn't joined us for until what a year and a half ago, maybe. And she was always skeptical in terms of her capability of doing it, what it is that we do. Uh, you know, we were perceived as the hardcore side for her. But once she came in, we did the assessment, felt more comfortable, started doing the exercise, and they're both here at least twice a week, every single week. That's what, early too, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m.? Yeah. So shout out to the Vaganis. And Jim, uh, he's a unpaid consultant to the business, as many of you are, and he's been tremendously helpful in many things along the way with all of his life experience that he has shared with me. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Jim's been awesome. Chris has been awesome. Always a pleasure to train those two. Always a pleasure to have them in a session. All right, let's get on. You have an overrated or an underrated? Underrated. Underrated? Lufa. <laughs> you know, when you Lufa. When you said this, it had been so long since I heard that word. I didn't even know you were like, – I had to backtrack in my head and like go back to like – I forget what I was when I first heard about it. But one of my friends tried to convince me to use it. And I tried it. He's like, oh, I swear, like, for your back, like, you know, you go through the back knee phase when you're in high school and yeah. stuff. I hated it. Never use it again. Use it once. So. Wow. Well, I've always used a loofah. Didn't help my back knee situation in high school at all. However, you know when you really, like, if you took this coffee maker out of your office, you wouldn't even miss it. Okay. Where are you going with this? 
If you took a loofah out of my shower, I would be devastated. <laughs> I would be devastated. I've like I will I will argue over my loofah, and I You'll don't want it changed. I want the same one. I don't want to change. That sounds a little dirty. Yeah, well, I, that's what I've heard, but is it though? When there's nothing but like soap on it. Anyway, at any rate, the loofah is the most underrated piece of shower equipment that you could ever possess. And it's cheap and it's easy. And here's a little trick. I don't know if anybody else knows this. I'm sure I didn't invent it. But I used to have like a very fluffy loofah, which in my opinion made the soap multiply even more than it traditionally would. And then every other loofah that I purchased was like really stiff. But if you pull it apart, it expands. <laughs> this is this is so deep into loofahs. I did not know the conversation was going to go here. And I'm pretty sure with the expansion comes additional multiplication of soap. Is that the goal of a loofah? Because I didn't understand what it was used for. And if that's the goal, I definitely don't want to use it because I don't need that. I don't need expansion of soap bubbles. You don't I need just soap. need enough. You don't soap. need soap. No, 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 no. John I doesn't say need that. soap. Did not say that. I said I don't <laughs> need that amount of soap. That kind of fits your hippie lifestyle, though. To not to not want soap. Yeah, I, I can see need, you saying I don't need like, much. like shower shower equipment. Are you like what is shower equipment? I have a shower and I have a bar of soap and shampoo. Is that it? Do you like, have a shower head? Does water come out of it? Water comes what out. What exactly of the is a shower head. to you? <laughs> <laughs> so I go to the river <laughs> behind the house. <laughs> yeah. So loofahs. I I hope somebody out there agrees with me. Take a sh- if you shower with a loofah frequently, taking a shower without one is devastating. It puts me in a bad mood. I can't wait for the comments this week. So, yeah, I'd love to get everybody else's opinion on that. But uh, I think it's a firm, underrated loofahs. Loofahs bring tremendous amounts of joy to my life. Oh, you, Unlike fishing and sunsets. You let us know this week. <laughs> people are very mad at you for all that, by the way. Yeah, I, I stand firm. And yeah. th- there are some people that agree with me. And, and, and we're the minority. So the people that have come to me and tell me and telling me that they agree, they've done it in secrecy. They they like, hey, wanna, since they, no one's around, by the way, totally agree. Sunsets are that you've so gotten. ridiculous. Yeah, like fishing, totally overrated. I agree, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where, where are we at? What are we doing today? Topic Podcast, today. Topic. topic today. How your success as a member of Pratt Personal Training has led to our success as a business. All right, let's break it down. And I think this is interesting for you guys to listen to because the more business owners I talk to in and out of the industry, I think we've gone about uh, our success in business much differently than most businesses. And I am actually very happy and potentially fortunate that I knew nothing about business when I started a business, which I don't know if you should do that if you want to start a business. But in knowing nothing, the only thing I ever cared about was the operations and how it ran and how good of a training product that we had. And I think it's ended up working to our advantage to this point. And you never know, because if you can go back and if we had sales and marketing specialists along the way, where would we be now? Would it be better? Would it be worse? I don't know. But right now, the fact that all we cared about for the first essentially five years of the business was operations and training and customer satisfaction I think that was the best thing that we could have done as a business and the amount of success stories and happy clients and happy customers that we have, I think is the foundation of the success of our business, which I don't know if many business gurus and business specialists would actually agree that that is the best approach. 
Yeah, I think a lot would disagree. And we're going to get into this a little bit deeper and more specific to the gym fitness world and how some other gyms tend to do things and why why we thought our approach was better. So before we get into all that, I know you have some bullet points to go over. Uh, just break down the phrase that you mentioned, which is our topic, which is how your success has led to ours. Yeah. So just speak to that vague phrase for a second, and then we'll go bullet point by bullet point. Yeah. So basically, I think the best business model you could have is that when you have customers that succeed by using your product, it makes your pro- it makes your business succeed because they're out spreading the word. And happy customers that spread the word about how happy they are with your product can lead to the business's success. So I, I guess the contrary to this is the some of the businesses that are really good from sales and marketing, I don't know if they're hyper-focused or obsessive about customer satisfaction because they create so many potential customers with their great sales and marketing strategies. And when they do this, they're bringing in a ton of new customers and they're very happy about that. But all of that volume from a customer standpoint makes it very difficult to focus on the customer experience and the customer satisfaction. So the fact that we started smaller and we're hyper-focused on customer satisfaction, I think made a lot of the members uh, very happy with what we did and made them tell a bunch of people, which is why we're still to this day well above 90% referral-based in terms of leads that are generated. So new people coming into the gym, there's over a 90% chance that you're here because your friend is and told you to come. Yeah, good. Love the breakdown. And that's where we want to get to, uh, basically. So now we're going to go bullet point by bullet point and kind of underlying, well, what did we do early on that led to so many of our members' success, which immediately led to so many members referring us, which till this day, as you just mentioned, continues to be the way that most people come and find us. So let's go. uh, Let's go from the top. Yeah. So uh, bullet point number one is that it was somewhat of a non-traditional way to look at starting a business in that. If I were to do it now with the amount of business content I've consumed, I would probably spend a lot more time learning the sales and marketing side or hiring people to do that uh, portion of the business for us really well. But instead, we just double, triple, quadruple down on having the best training that we possibly could. And at first, when it was just me out there training, there was nothing else that I really cared about. Uh, I would hope to get some referrals or talk to some of the members about bringing friends in to try it. But that was the extent of the sales and marketing strategy. My whole, the whole strategy was, I'm gonna train you really well. I'm gonna make sure you're having a great time in my gym. And then if you know somebody who really would benefit from this, please let them know and then they can come in and they could try the gym out. And if they like it, they can sign up as well. And by the way, if they sign up, then we will reward you in some way, shape or form for being the person that is helping spread the word about our gym and we appreciate that and that was a sales marketing and I kind of I said something recently on Instagram that kind of pointed this out it's like the sales and marketing strategy for the first five years was do a good job training people hope they tell people train those people really well and hope they tell more people (laughs) and that was about it Um, so being that that was always the focal point of our business it played a role in who we decided to hire and invest time, effort, and money into. Because at through this whole process, the whole goal was for those first five years, just to hire amazing trainers. Which is not easy to do, by the way. And as we've learned with our business model, which is fairly complex, 
even a good, amazing one-on-one personal trainer may not make it in our gym over here. And that's not necessarily to say we're so much better than that person, but it's just totally different. It's very different than truly one-on-one. You put somebody into a seven-on-one scenario with custom programs, and then we always talk about that bartender mentality, trying to keep tabs on everybody, make sure everybody gets coached expertly, make sure everybody is has a watchful eye on them, yeah. feels like they were uh, you know, an important part of your day. Yep. And like we're constantly trying to remind ourselves, and we just put out a survey, uh, just an anonymous survey to uh, a select group of members, which we do every quarter, to try to keep our finger on the pulse of each uh, trainer on the floor to know the answer to some of these questions I just put out or, or the statements that I just talked about. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, it was difficult, I think. And but some people, I guess the trainers that came in that you could tell were excited about watching the business model. They're like, those were the good trainers. The trainers that came in and they were like, this is cool. There's a lot going on. I kind of thought to myself, all right, you're a good fit. Whereas some of the trainers that came in that said, whoa, this is a lot. I said, okay, you're not a good fit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is totally fine. Uh, but I think like. When it comes to the sales and marketing versus the training side of it, I think most gyms now, they say, let's make the training good enough to make people happy enough. And then let's go all in on sales and marketing, which is a fine approach and many businesses have done very well with that. But we were the complete opposite. It's like, what's the minimum amount of sales and marketing stuff we could care about And let's make the training as absolutely amazing as we possibly can in regards to the equipment, the custom programming, and the people that are teaching the members what to do and how to do it. Totally, totally. And to speak on the other gyms, I think even gyms that do want to invest in their trainers and they want to have good trainers legitimately are unwilling to pay a decent rate in the industry. It's a big problem in the industry now, and it's saturated. The industry is very saturated, so it leads to that. But these other gyms who are saying they want these things, it, when they get a good one, when they get a good trainer, they're not willing to pay them enough to keep them around. So those good trainers are going to go find different jobs. Yeah, 100%. And a lot of that has to do with availability of hours that you could offer to a full-time trainer. Yeah, totally. Which uh, which was John's, When if you guys listen to John's podcast, the issue that we had with John and why he left is that we didn't have enough available hours yet because we hadn't really taken into consideration full-time trainers uh, at that moment or alternative job descriptions for trainers that could fill the gaps of other things in the business yet. And that was kind of the turning point for me as a business owner where the thought was, if I lose somebody like John because I can't offer him what he wants, then how do I offer him what he wants? I have to find a way to fill the gap of either available hours that we could train people or alternative jobs in regards to sales and marketing or customer satisfaction, customer experience type stuff. So I think that was a huge uh, pivot point for the business. And I think that goes hand in hand with what we do now in regards to our schedule is that we make our schedule so available where there are so many other gyms that I'm talking to where they try their hardest to cut as many hours as possible. So you don't need as much payroll. So you don't have to pay trainers where we've essentially said, let's maximize our availability with as many trainers as possible, with as many hours as we could possibly offer, and let's put pressure on ourselves to fill the schedule, not minimize the schedule so we could cut costs and cut trainers and cut hours available. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a big complaint with uh, specifically some other uh, brands and other gyms in the area. 
And a lot of them, what I'm finding out is like people have a really hard time getting into the session. Now, we definitely have some sessions that end up getting really full for X, Y, and Z reasons. But in a general sense across the week, we don't have a huge problem with that. If we did, we would make a pivot. We would change that. We've already done some things. To, when we did have a problem, for example, uh, making many of our sessions into 3.0, which means three trainers on the floor. Uh, and increasing the availability. But a couple other gyms, like there's people, you can go on social media and see people complaining about how often they cannot get in a session. Even back to um, another gym that my friend was part of, I know, and my cousin too, they had to go on at midnight at Friday or whenever they released the new schedule yep. for next week. And if yep. they weren't yep. on <laughs> and booking within five seconds, there was yep. no chance they were getting the session they wanted. Like, can you imagine doing yep. that every single week? Having to be stories. there at midnight to sign up for your class because it was that packed and they didn't have another way to figure out how to expand? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard, heard that. Like, oh, yeah, I waited till 1230 and it was too late. Yep. Um, but, yeah, we were so heavily training focused that – like even things like writing programs and designing programs, we put so much effort into making that systematic. Whereas at first when it was just James writing programs, James pretty much did whatever he wanted and had some sort of thoughtful system in his head when he would design these. But now enter Colin writing programs and our meetings became, how, do, how are we on the same page in our thought process? And then enter Sydney writing programs and even enter the phase of like pretty much every trainer having a hand in it at one point in time. And then, you know, how do we how do we teach our systematic thought process and program design to all the trainers that design programs? Uh, something like that is something that we put a ton of time and effort into that. And we have this tremendously long uh, bullet point and numbers list yeah. of what exactly do we need to take in, into consideration every time we design a program. And it is a ton of stuff that hopefully one day it's a certification course that makes tremendous amounts of money for us. I <laughs> <laughs> <We> hope so. <laughs> but um, but like the ability to have the people that are super easy to teach and coach and that stick to the principles that we say we will abide by in program design uh, with Colin and Sydney for the most part, uh, it, it's been huge. But it does all come back down to having the right people and making sure that we have uh, an awesome operation and an awesome training process. Yeah, and just to be clear with our members listening, when we say creating systems and systematizing this process, it doesn't mean we're not customizing it or making a fully custom program. That's what we're still doing. We just took like rules and guidelines and barriers and systematized that. So the process that which now by primarily Colin and Sydney are writing a lot of programs, the process has been systematized so that the end result is what we need it to be. But the program itself, which is the tough part, was custom. And it is still custom for everybody. So that's what was really hard. To, how do we keep that? But how do we make sure there is a system here that everybody can speak to, everybody can read, everybody can understand, and it all makes sense? Yeah, 100%. And it's really cool when you know you look back now, when, when things first started of having multiple programmers, it's like, you know, we're not on the same page with this thought. We're not on the same page with that thought. I don't know if this exercise is a great fit. And now every time that something's being described to me by Colin or Sydney, it's pretty much numeric based. It's, you know, I thought this would be the appropriate percentage of this. I thought this would be the appropriate exercise split. This is how I want to go about their split. And now the conversations are 60 seconds long and mm -hmm. we're on the same page. Uh, so that's been really cool in terms of some of our operational focus. Um, and w word of mouth has always kind of just been our best friend, even now. So we're spending a lot more time and effort and energy into marketing and trying to, you know, do better on Google search or, you know, post more on social media. And uh, the amount of people that we get from that is 
still pales in comparison to the amount of referrals. So I'd still I'd still say based on the amount of newcomers we have to the gym that above ninety percent are people who have heard about us through a friend or family member. What else do we have? Oh, the big one, I think, for staff at least, are the virtues that John presented to me at one of our end of quarter meetings. I don't know if we've talked about this on a podcast before. But uh, the ideal team player. I feel like we touched on it maybe briefly on a podcast, but I don't really remember which one it would have been. Yeah, but this, yeah, this conversation, yeah, the, this this conversation was a game changer for us as a business, and then definitely for one, uh, how I view potential employees, and also my appropriate expectations for clients and customers. Yeah, but you don't need to know about that. But essentially, <laughs> having a bunch of people on staff that work hard. Like they are highly ambitious and they want to make sure that they get their work done and they do a good job. They are humble and that you can easily have a conversation with everybody about things that we are doing wrong or things that we need to improve on and everybody can internalize that and have a really good conversation about it and how to improve. Nobody thinks they're too good for criticism. Everybody is willing to keep, uh, keep in mind that we are trying to improve no matter how good we get and that there is no finish line in terms of improvement. And then having a bunch of people that are fun to be around. I think those are the three things that we have amongst all staff members uh, that is really exciting for us and making sure that we're hiring the right people, especially when it comes to the training side of things. So, like, and we want our customers to feel the same way. Anytime that I'm working with this trainer, one, this trainer works really hard. Uh, they're super humble. They'll have a conversation with me. They don't just boss me around. And they're fun to be around. And if the trainer is being those three things to you, chances are you're having a great experience and you're excited to come to the gym every day. Totally. Yeah, really important. And I uh, can't recommend that book enough, The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lincioni. And um, that was the light bulb moment for me. I heard that on a podcast was what he was describing at a surface level of the book. All of a sudden, and this was my past career when I worked with people, all of a sudden it clicked. It was like, no wonder I don't wor like working with this person because he is that. He's the lovable slacker that Patrick described when he's missing the one of the three qualities. And no wonder I don't work, I keep saying that, no wonder I don't like working with this person who's the politician, you know? So he gave these names and categories that just clicked. And uh, yeah, it's been really beneficial with us. And like you said, it transcends not just the uh, business operations behind closed doors here, but onto the training floor. Those same qualities matter so much. Yeah, and it, it's funny, I thought the same exact thing. Because we could go back about three or three years probably before PPS when I was a, a test employee, I played a role in the hiring for some of the positions that we had. And I remember just loving certain people. And then once they were hired, I don't know what happened. It was a whole different person. Mm -hmm. And then once I read that book, yeah, I was like, what whoa. Happened. I was like, yeah. I totally got duped by certain people. And this is exactly how I could prevent this from ever happening again. So that was that was a, a game changing uh, content read for me. Um, and then only recently have we started to spend more time and effort and money into marketing and sales. But I've said before, but the message is still the same. I think. So how are we going to be different in getting our message out there to more people? It's just come try us. You know, if you just come try it, if you like it, then you'll probably sign up and you'll probably probably be very happy in the long run. If you come try it and you don't like it, that's totally fine. There are no hard feelings. Definitely don't sign up if you don't like it. I don't need, I don't want to convince you. I don't want to know the sales hack to change your mind about what it is you're experiencing here to take you from hating it to tricking you into liking it so you sign up, but then you just want to leave right after that. 
and our capability to get out of your membership here by just clicking on a member portal and taking the 30 seconds to cancel it kind of speaks to that. Like, why would I trick you into signing a 12-month contract when after four months you suddenly hate us and you don't want to come back? Now I have to deal with you being unhappy for the next eight That's months? That's terrible. Yeah, who wants to do Ooh. that? I've worked at places that really, really push that. It's tough. And then you have to rely on like potentially staff that's in place, and I'm not talking about our business, but other business that you don't necessarily think they're gonna be there in four months because of the turnover, because of the issues we talked about earlier in the podcast. So as somebody that was trying to uh, sell people these packages that I was being pushed to sell these big ones, I'm like, well, I I just couldn't do it because I felt like I, I would feel terrible if all of a sudden a lot of stuff changed and I was perceived as like uh, over um, selling under delivering uh, based on some stuff that might've been out of my control of the businesses. So yeah, we don't wanna be in that situation and we don't want you to be in that situation. So we just make it incredibly easy for you to leave and cancel, which makes us have to stay focused on our product, which is good. Yeah, and and 100%. And one thing that we say, and the last thing that we always say is I do feel like you're crazy if you don't sign up for us though, which I totally get it if you try it and it's not the right fit for you. But I think it's crazy if you don't think it's the right fit for you. <laughs> and I think we all think that as staff members, which makes us good quote unquote salespeople, is that for the dollars that we charge and the value we provide, I think if you don't sign up, you are crazy. And I think everybody on staff agrees with that. Yeah, I mean, we have to. If you're if you're gonna work, like in my opinion, you're gonna work for a place, you should probably feel that way. Like you should probably feel like the product is so good that you can say that honestly and not trying to offend people or whatever. But yeah, it's kind of like, I, I just don't understand you know, where, where it went wrong if somebody doesn't sign up. And that being said, I say all the time when people tell me like, there's no way I'm signing up. I have no money. Like I'm talking to people and they want to know what I do and they want to try it. I'm like, I don't care at all. If you do your trial and you tell me you can't sign up because of money, I'm still happy because like you probably tell your uncle, your friend, your dad, somebody you like, if we deliver the product we said we did and you truly don't have enough money or whatever the case is, Somebody somewhere is going to benefit from you having tried us out. So I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, 100%. And I think like when it comes to when it comes to objections of people like I've gotten a bunch of times, "Hey, you guys charge more than a car to come to your gym." And I to me I'm like I feel like we're so much more valuable than a car. <laughs> like you already have a car. <laughs> so are you are you hinting that cars might be overrated on your next Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. But, uh, but yet, for, for, the pro, for the amount of sessions you get, especially for people who are tremendously non-committal to fitness, if we are getting you to the gym three to four to five hours per week instead of zero, I, I can't imagine opting for a second car over prep personal training. <laughs> You'd have to be crazy. <laughs> this is our next infomercial. Talk about marketing. We're going to start running that. Give you a little fake mustache, put a salesman suit on. Yeah. But, put uh, you at a car dealership, get the mood right, but we're not really selling cars. Yep, exactly. But uh, but essentially, at the end of the day, I, we I mean, the people we have to thank are you guys, the members that come in consistently, that work out hard, and that spread the good word about what it is we're doing and our vision about how we're trying to change the fitness industry and how much effort we put into this stuff. And it's really cool when members come in here for their assessment. And I always have to ask, I said, what did they say about us? And some of the things that people tell me in their assessment that their friends or family member told them, uh, you know, it, it's, it's awesome. It's really good to hear. And um, I appreciate everybody who has uh, spoken positively about us to friends or family members or coworkers. And it has led to our success as a business because hopefully we have helped you become successful when it comes to fitness, fat loss, and getting in the best shape of your life. I got nothing to add. That was perfect. 
30 minutes and 12 ending. seconds. 30 minutes isn't that bad. That's two 15-minute listens. You guys got this. <laughs> no problem. All right, that's it. Peace out, fam. Peace. Hey all, John here again. I don't really have a takeaway for you today. I really just want to say a big, giant thank you to everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Thank you if you're one of our members for being a member, for making this place so special. Um, all of our trainers here enjoy what they do. They like coming to work. Obviously, if you heard my episode on the podcast, my story, you know that I feel that way too. And um, this place wouldn't exist without you, without you being consistent, without you showing up, and even bringing a bunch of positivity into our lives too. So again, a big, giant, genuine thank you. And thank you for referring so many of your family and friends here. So many of you have done that. And it has helped out the business incredibly, helped us help more people, which is obviously our end goal here, trying to make a difference in the fitness industry where, let's be honest, there's a lot of crappy products. We're trying to have the best product in the fitness industry where we serve people really well. Peace out, squad.